Blog Talk Radio. It cannot be emphasized strongly enough the beauty, purity, and perfection of who you really are. You are not your illness, your finances, or your loneliness. There's nothing wrong in your life that you don't have the power to correct, and you are unlimited in your ability to tap into that power. Welcome. I'm Janet Richmond, and this is the Higher Self Voice. Hello, hello. We have an exciting show today. It's Janet, as always, this Wednesday morning. And it should be interesting, I hope, and inspirational, even though you might not think that right off the bat. Um, Anyway, today's show topic came trying to figure something out. And out of the blue, I was talking with someone, not someone I knew that well, but someone... um, And she said to me that she was dreading the holidays because it was the first holiday without her mom. And she said she was still very much grieving and the holiday reminders of her loss were powerful and really upsetting. And she said the one good thing that made her feel good was that she was happy that her mom at least was in a better place and will live happily ever after so to speak, and those weren't her exact words, but they were um, something along that those lines. And I didn't really say anything to her about the higher self information about heaven. It really wasn't the time or the place uh, at all. And I gave her my support and my love because she was really hurting and really upset. And But it occurred to me that even though you might not think that this topic is a good one for the holidays, because I'm going to be talking about death and dying and heaven uh, today, you might think it might be a downer. But in fact, I think you'll find the higher self information on heaven really interesting. And then the healing that I'm going to do after I do the discussion on heaven, I think is going to be really helpful to everyone. I really, you know, we all have our losses we've experienced or fears of losses or fears of death and dying, either for ourselves or for a loved one. If we work on it, we do a healing, we come to understand it better, we, we go into an expanded perception of these things. We take and then we neutralize a lot of the stuff that we're carrying, you know, the the emotional energetics that we carry, that in fact, I really think that this healing and this discussion today will help allow in more joy and more hope for this special time of year. So that's why I decided to do it. I the There is a chapter, by the way, in my book. Um, this is also helps me to bring out a little bit more information about what my book is about. I have a whole part in the book on heaven. And what I'm going to be presenting today is information from Chapter 13 in the book. This chapter will be provided as a freebie on my soulpsychologythebook.com splash page and also on my website, higherselfvoice.com. This chapter will be provided for you. So don't feel like you have to take any notes, guys. (laughs) Not that you would. It's on here for you to listen to. But if you're 
someone who takes things in visually and you like to read, you'll have that chapter. I do believe it may not be up yet. We have to figure out, you know, there's always an issue on these techno things. We have to figure out how we can, if somebody signs up on the, to get, you know, give, gives the email address to get the two chapters. What comes up is the two chapters from my first book, Choices. And apparently we can't tell if someone is signing up in order to get the first two chapters of Choices or the first two chapters of Soul Psychology. So anyway, we have to kind of figure that out so that there can be a messaging thing so you can say it's Soul Psychology you want the chapters of or uh or maybe you'll just get all four. I don't know. Uh, we haven't worked that out. But this will be a free chapter eventually on the website, hopefully by the end of this week we'll have it figured out. If not, this week, next week. And there also will be another chapter. It's chapter five, which I think you're going to love. Um, <laughs> it's about truth, chapter five, and has a great story in it and really illustrates so clearly what, what the Scoopy-Doo is with truth, and you're, I think you're going to find it fascinating, and you're going to have a little bit of a window into the extensive the extensive quality and nature of the book and how much you're going to get out of it. But anyway, before we get to... Now, just, just to remind you, uh, if you want to call in, you can, 646-668-8565, if you want to, nobody requested a healing this week, so that's why I'm doing this general approach. Uh, I didn't have a healing request, which is always fine. You know me. I have plenty to talk about. But if you do want a healing or you just have questions or you have comments or anything, you can email me at Janet at HigherSelfVoice.com or Janet at JanetRichmond.com, either one. Uh, also, just to remind you, my book is, my new book is Soul Psychology our journey through the human kingdom universe. It is, it's really fabulous, guys. A lot of stuff in there. I try to write it so that it's easy for everyone to digest. You may have to read it in bits and pieces. You don't have to read it in order. If you read it out of order and you come across a term or something that you're not sure what it is because you maybe missed when it was introduced earlier, you can look up in the glossary. Um, the glossary is there to, for your convenience not because the terms are so difficult to grasp. <laughs> it's just there for your convenience. So if you skip around and you come across a term you're not sure of, you can go right to the glossary instead of having to shift, sift through the whole book to figure out well, where was that term or where would it be. Anyway, so that's the scoop. And we're going to have a really great discussion on heaven and all of that in just a minute, but I do want to quickly give you a couple of feedback from Jake. You remember Jake? I did Jake and Barry last week. And Jake, um, I'm trying to think what it was for him. Oh, yeah, he forgot things. He was always losing things, and he was always late. And I don't really remember what came up. So if you're curious about what came up, please listen to it. Go into the archives on Janet Richmond dot com or higherselfvoice.com or on blog talk radio and you'll find the archive it it was really interesting i thought but i don't remember of course i, I explain over and over again it's like having a dream you wake up and it's crystal clear right after the dream but down as the day goes on or the days go on you get what what exactly was that dream it was 
it, it, you kind of lose it, and that's what happens with me. Um, anyway, but this here's what Jake says. He said, um, he thanked me again for, for another great healing. He said, glad I decided to take your advice and let other areas of my life be looked at. I have to tell you, a huge wave of very calming peace washed over me by the time my healing was completed and the higher selves were pulling me into that cocoon energy. I, I very much look forward to seeing how this plays out. So, so he did have a sense of it. He felt this sense of peace when the cocoon went over him. Sometimes you're not going to feel anything, and that's quite all right. I didn't for months and even years when I first started this work, but my life kept shifting and changing. Once you do the amalgamation, once we become one and give permission to that divine energy, whether we feel it or not, it's there. So it's working. It's helping us. So whether you feel anything or not makes no difference. And I'm still growing even in what I see and feel. It's just a process that keeps expanding. So what I see and feel now is better than it was five years ago, which was better than 10 years ago and was virtually nothing before that. Uh, <laughs> maybe not nothing, but very little. And, you know, in another five years, I'm sure I'll be, you know, I've reached a whole nother level. So we're all in process, guys. We're all moving forward. And I know it can be disappointing. I used to sit next to people who would be like, oh, and I saw this color and this is the information I got. And I'm like sitting there, the, you know, the dunce at the back of the class. And, but yet I just kept going because I had the shifts and changes happening in my life for the first time. And it was. Uh, motivating, for, to say the least. Anyway, now the healing from about Barry. Remember, Barry's brother requested the healing, and Barry didn't listen to it live. And I literally just got the response from Barry's brother because he had written me earlier and said that he listened to it, but he hadn't yet played it for Barry. So here's what the brother says. Sunday, my brother Barry listened to the archive and was very open and receptive. Exclamation point. Well, this is good news, guys. It was the first time he ever had a real spiritual touch-in like that. Now, I like that term. Maybe other people use it, but I really like spiritual touch-in. Very, very cool term. Anyway, um, anyway, and he says, after all the prepping I've done over the past couple of years, apparently he was ripe to be able to hear and benefit from the work you do. I believe this will be a turning point for him to begin consciously participating in his healing. Wow. So that's good news, guys. That's the feedback we have, that he was at least open to it, um, and it seems like even more than open to it, moving, you know, really seeing that there's um, possibilities and help in this arena. So that's great. Now, so that's the feedback on that. So now we're going to go straight to the discussion on heaven. Um, now, heaven is really important. Why? Because heaven is where we go when we're out of body. When we are finished with each life, we move into the human kingdom heavens. And but what is it like there? What happens there? Is it all we thought it was? Uh, you know, this kind of thing. Now, what I'm not what I'm not going to do on this show is, and I didn't do it in my book either. And I and it's you know me. You guys know me by now. I'm not going to debate right and wrong, what's truth and untruth, 
I'm giving you simply the higher self information, the the viewpoint on heaven based on the higher self material. And there's never, ever, for any iota of time or intention to offend anyone. But of course, due to anybody's unique belief systems or upbringing, some of the ideas, some of the concepts that I'm going to be talking about today and that are in this whole part about heaven may trigger certain reactions off from people. And of course, that would be completely normal and it's not unwelcome. The, the, the truth is, and I've said this over and over again, the fact of the matter is until we are presented with a different idea, we really don't have choice. If we're presented with an idea that's different than one we've ever heard of or read or known of before, we then have a choice to say either that idea is a good one or it isn't. But before we hear that idea, there is there there is no choice. We just are presented with whatever we've already heard, and that's what we base our thoughts and viewpoints on. So that's what this is about. This is a an opportunity for me to share the higher self information without ramming it down your throats. Now, I've come to respect the information, but it's up to each and every person, guys, to decide for yourself whether it's relevant, helpful, interesting, makes sense, or not. Now, it doesn't matter whether you think of yourself as religious or spiritual or neither. The This information could be surprising or and or upsetting, but again, I'm not here to convince anyone. I just want everyone, as best as possible, to stand in the center between belief and disbelief. Just allow yourself to hear the information and without judgment, as best you can, because it's sort of the human condition to judge, right? But do the best you can. And then when you've processed it from a neutral space, then you can make some decisions whether you resonate with it or not. So it's food for thought. It's, it's food for thought, and again, it's not meant to in any way, shape, or form to hurt or to harm or to upset anyone or to uh, belittle anybody's beliefs or anything. I have tremendous respect for every belief that's out there, as well as the higher self-information, and it's up to each individual. We're all <clears throat> on our own unique journey through this human kingdom universe. We're all on our journey and we're going to resonate with what we're ready to resonate with, whatever level it is. And it's not about comparing with anyone else. It's just about, hey, seeking and searching and learning and seeing where we are, where we want to go, how, what, what makes sense to us. Okay. Now I want to read you a quote from the higher self. And they say, the fourth dimensional realm is the totality of the human kingdom. It contains humans in the form state, that's us guys in body, and the disincarnate humans in the heavenly state. A soul once released from the body in the form of death moves into the heavens and carries with it into its own hereafter whatever conditions exist within its soul mind at the point of time the point in time that death takes place. So that's a quote 
from the higher self, and you'll understand a little bit more of that as I explain. But let me just give you a little bit of a, a general overview. Because heaven is a place that few of us can see or sense when we're in body, it's normal to have a lot of questions and be confused about it. Uh, but between each lifetime, guys, we do return to heaven, and we stay there until we incarnate into the next body. Uh, and the humanities in place in heaven are from all the planets in the human kingdom universe, not just Earth. And there's, so there's an infinite number of souls in heaven way beyond our comprehension. Now, there's no requirement. Now, this may be upsetting for some. And again, I'm not trying to upset anybody. But there is no requirement that you get be a good person to get in. There's not any uh, St. Peter at the gates letting some through but keep, keeping others out. All human souls go to heaven between lives. And it's because it's the other side of the veil. It's the out-of-body experience at the human kingdom level. We're talking about the human kingdom now, okay? Uh, so whether a soul is in heaven or in body, it exists within this human kingdom. And because the human kingdom operates under free will, no soul is forced to follow any type of path or to get help or advice while in heaven, in heaven any more than someone would be while they're in body. So each soul makes their own choices. So if you have a problem in body, whatever the problem is, you can choose whether or not to go to therapy or go to a doctor or go to a spiritual mentor or go to any kind of whatever to get help. You have the choice. It's the same in heaven. Each soul decides to get help, and if not, they're on their own. They may have other uh, connections in heaven. I'm not going to speak on that now. But but if they don't choose to go to the educators to get help, they're not forced to go. It isn't when we lay aside the body, automatically this process happens. Anyway, heaven is, and I'll explain more of that uh, in a bit. Heaven's a learning ground, and there's schools of all types throughout the human kingdom heavens. And any soul can go to any school, but again, they're not forced to go. And there's no rote memorization or rapping on the knuckles. And if you want to play hooky, guess what? You get to do it. Because, again, it's the free will kingdom. And it is the soul that is making its choices there. There can be people, educators, uh, I mean, other souls, um, trying to encourage and uh, encourage a soul to go to the educators or go to find help or whatever. But no one is going to force you because it is, as, as I keep saying, a free will kingdom. Now, there is this guidance that is provided for souls uh, um, related to their evolutionary pro progress. If, again, the soul chooses the option. And the, the souls that are uh, early in their journey, they've left the animal kingdom uh, and they're moving very early into their journey into human, the human uh, evolutionary process. These souls, more, more or less, wouldn't even have a clue to ask for help to go to the educators. Just like here, um, I mean, you can imagine the Neanderthal would never, the, the, the souls in the Neanderthal uh, realm, you know, when Neanderthals were here and the early, the early 
cave dwellers and things like that, they wouldn't know to go to help, get help from a from some sort of therapist or educator. It wasn't offered them. It wasn't part of their mental construct. So it's the same in heaven. You lay aside the body. You take exactly what the quote says. Let me read it again. You carry with it into its own hereafter whatever conditions exist within its soul mind at the point in time that death takes place. So if you're coming from a very early evolutionary frequency of human, you're not going to really even be aware. You're taking with it what you came from, and so you're not even going to be aware of what's there. And But people on Earth now, and I've said this many times, the Earth is at a relatively high frequency rate now, and the people on the planet are resonating at quite a high frequency within the human frequency realm. And so most of the souls, I would say, on the planet, and you know me, you can never say always and never, but most of the souls on this planet would have accessed and utilized the resources in heaven in, uh, before they came to this planet and, and when they lay aside the body afterward. Not all, but most. Okay. So, now, uh, okay, the, a lot of the help that you can get, if you're a soul that's at the point where you want to get help, it can focus on individual issues, um, and it would be based and given to the soul based on the level of evolutionary understanding that they're at. So, in other words, if you were eight years old asking about the birds and the bees, you'd get an answer about the, that related to the eight-year-old rather than if you were 15 or 25. So the the guides, the educators in heaven would help on the level that the soul could receive or can understand, okay? Now, the there would be the attempt to help souls from the educators to figure out what they're misunderstanding, what they still need to experience, where they may want to reincarnate and under what circumstances. And the soul scrambles would be on the table. Okay, you, I've talked about soul scrambles. That would be the patterns, the difficult patterns that the soul is experiencing either in the past life or a series of lives. And um, the, the more, the higher frequency a soul is, the more awareness and understanding and more care the soul would take about making the decisions to reincarnate, uh, what the circumstances would be. Okay. Now, the, the educator would also help, the educators would also help the soul to figure out which planet to go, to be on. Okay. Because you've heard me talk about this planet carries divine material balance. So it, it, on this planet, we have souls who need help in this area, okay? They might need help in other areas too, but this is a main area for the souls that are, all the souls that are here. And if you recall, divine material balance is an energy that helps us move from the abstract to the concrete in a balanced mer- manner, always in the highest ideal and the abstract of the concrete can be anything. It often plays out with finances, but it can also deal with gifts and talents or relationships. It can deal with a lot of different things. So 
but there would be souls that are interested in working on other areas or other arenas because it is a long journey, guys. We have so much to learn as humans. It's a long journey, and if there's something else that one needs to learn about, there may be a different planet, different solar system even, that would come into play and would be an option for that soul. So the educators would help with that. All right. Uh, Now, it's important to return to the physical state. Why? Because, okay, here's the deal. And I think I've said this before. Evolution is only goes one way. (laughs) It doesn't go backwards. Let's say we're in heaven and we learn very clearly about something. We have to actually go and experience it and see if we've gotten it at the inner levels. Because we are, remember, we're carrying all that energetic baggage, all the misunderstandings and misconceptions and misinterpretations. So it's heaven is kind of like, reading books or seeing videos on how to swim. But we'll never know if we really can swim until we jump in the water. And that's that's the the, the same with the heaven, the out-of-body, the in-body. We can go through a huge learning curve. And there's a story at the, in the beginning of my book that's fascinating about someone named Charlie. It's a true story. And he... Uh, came in and told us a story, and I'm not going to tell you a story because I think you're going to love reading about Charlie. Uh, But he told us about the literally equivalent to like a 100 lifetimes. He was getting help in heaven, trying to grasp, but he was really trying to learn. And he gets here, and he didn't learn it. So you'll see when you read the story, he, he was coming to learn it, and part of his own healing process was to come in and share his story with the group um, when Joan, when I was at, in Joan Culpepper's group. But in any case, um, we can take a long time, but we have to come in and we have to try it out for real in body, okay? And so hopefully the soul has made good decisions about where to come back, what the circumstances of the situation. You can't pre-determine your total, every single thing that's going to happen in your life, what you do is you try to make, uh, pick the situations and conditions that will trigger your patterns and then places that will actually have help for those patterns. And there's stories about that, too, in the book. Um, I mean, we all know, too, when we go to school, we learn a whole bunch of stuff. We don't know, are we going to remember it when we get out in real life? And it's sort of like that, too, because we don't remember what we learned specifically in heaven. We come in deaf, dumb, and blind. I've used that term often. So we come in and we then go through our lives not remembering what our plan was, what we wanted to learn, what we wanted to heal, what we wanted to bring into balance, what we wanted to experience for whatever reason, wanted to heal, Um and it's, it's similar to school. We can go to school and we can learn all of And then we get out to real life and we don't really remember what we learned in school. And we have to kind of learn it on the job again. And we go, oh, yeah, that's right. I learned that in school. And it's very similar in this way. So um, there's no backsliding in evolution. And 
even though we perceive our world today as chaotic, if there were backsliding and evolution, trust me, it would be a thousand times worse. The important thing is that evolution is er orderly, so the practical experience in body that uh, gives us the opportunity to see if we're absolutely solid on a level of understanding, a level of um, grasping what it is we're coming in to learn or to heal, it is our opportunity to make sure of that and we'll test ourselves we bring in situations and conditions over and over to give ourselves other opportunities. And I think I've talked about it on the show with using honesty as an example. It's kind of an overly simplified example, but maybe we've had problems with dishonesty. We've done little things early in life, and we decide we're going to be honest. We're not going to take the easy road. We're not going to steal or lie or whatever and then, you know, we'll, we'll, we make that decision consciously, but then we have opportunities that come up. For example, maybe we see a wallet on the street with, you know, money in it. And we have an opportunity to, you know, take the money and still return the wallet. Or we could return the wallet with the money in it. Until you get those opportunities, you're not, quote-unquote, tested for your new determination to move into this place of being honest. Okay. So that's what the in-body experience does. It, it makes sure that each and every soul is solid in its whatever it is trying to learn or grow or uh, bring into a state of balance or to heal, whatever the issue is. Uh, so this gives us the opportunity to absolutely create a solid foundation, and then we're ready to go to the next step, the next level of understanding. And that's why, you know, evolution only goes one way, and it's set up in a in this way so that there is no backsliding. Now, you're going to learn from my book the eons and eons of time it takes us to get through the human kingdom universe. It is enormous, guys, enormous. And you'll, you'll get the feeling right off the bat with Charlie's story right in the beginning of the book. I think it's chapter two. So you're going to see, you're going to discover within this book that there is an awful lot this journey and there's no one with a stopwatch there's no one giving you a prize if you get certain place before anybody else there's no one keeping time or keeping track every soul no soul is lost every soul will be moving forward sometimes we move forward quickly in certain concepts sometimes we get bogged down sometimes one area we do well in another area we get we get completely uh on a rat wheel of some sort, and we keep repeating the same pattern over and over, and we can't seem to get out of it. This is normal. We all have it. It's part of the human condition, and it takes time to get through and really take on the totality of the human awareness and human understanding. Okay. Let me give you another quote. The evolutionary dimensions are made up of seven levels. Okay, this is a higher self quote, guys. The mineral, plant, animal, human, fifth, sixth, and seventh dimensions. The originating source of all energy is the capstone of the evolutionary dimensions and does not exist 
as misunderstood by many individuals, in the human kingdom heavens. The human kingdom heavens are part of the fourth dimensional realm. The fourth dimensional realm means the human realm. So, misconception number one. Now, again, I am not in any way, shape, or form trying to denigrate or demean or uh, in any way put down or judge whatever belief systems anyone has. I'm just simply presenting the information from the higher self and you guys can decide if I'm a Looney Tune or whether you relate to it or some of it makes sense and the rest of it you're throwing into the trash. It's really up to you, but I am going to present it as this is the information that I've been given and has made so much sense and has answered a million questions of mine and questions that I didn't even know I had. Anyway, so misconception number one is that heaven is where God resides. So, you know, many spiritual beliefs do put God as residence in heaven, but according to the higher selves, the human level and the evolutionary process is really only about the halfway point of the return journey to the originating source, okay? And even after that, souls do continue their journey into what the higher self call the outer realities. And I explain that in the in an appendix. No, not in the appendix. I think it's in my very last, it's not really a chapter, but it's called, uh, in my book, it's called uh, Expanded Perceptions, the Divine Paradox. In that short little section of the book at the very end uh, before the appendices I do explain the outer realities I'm not going to do it here but the outer realities are so different from what we can even fathom that you know I you know I, I can't really explain what they are explain I, I tell you the information based on what the higher self say but in any case evolution never stops so not only is the human kingdom only halfway to the return of originating source, but in fact, once you return to the originating source, it doesn't stop there. The originating source gives birth to all those souls that have returned into an outer reality or a reality that is um, higher in frequency than our reality, but again has seven levels and it's very similar in nature, but it's at such a high frequency we can't even fathom it. And in fact, when the outer reality returns to the originating source, it doesn't stop there. There is a second outer reality. Now, I know I am just touching on this like a tip of the iceberg. I hope that you'll get the book so that you can really get a better explanation of this because I do explain it a lot better in the book. But in any case, uh, the higher self has said there are now four outer realities. So that should give you an idea of the infinite, infinite, infinite eons of time. We cannot, we cannot conceive of this huge amount of time that this process of evolution has gone on and it will never end. So anyway, so in any case, the divine energy is not placed in any one spot, guys. Whether it's in heaven or anywhere else, it's not in the animal kingdom, it's not in the sixth dimensional kingdom, it's not anywhere, because guess what? It exists everywhere. The originating source is all there is. And we too, each of us, each of us, all you guys, 
we too are expressions of the originating source. It doesn't have a special seat or a throne in heaven or any other dimension or kingdom, at least according to the higher self. And for me, it makes sense. So, uh, but again, each and every one of you have to decide for yourself. Okay, now misconception number two, that souls are automatically infused with super wisdom at the moment they lay aside the body. Now, whether or not any of you believe any or or have any of these misconceptions, I don't know. Um, I, I have no idea who my readers would be or who my listeners would be on the show, but these are some common misconceptions out there. In fact, souls still struggle, as you've been hearing me say, with the same issues while they're in heaven that they have while in body. We carry all the same etheric bodies, thought form body, the habit body, the emotional response body, all of those and many more etheric bodies. When we lay aside the the physical body, we take with us all the energetic bodies. So we can move into heaven with the same viewpoints, the same judgments and the same beliefs that we had while in body. There's a very thin veil, guys, between both parts of the human arena. So if you're caring in this life, you'll be caring when you cross over. If you're hurt and wounded and feel like a victim in this life, you're going to be hurt and wounded and feel like a victim in the, when you cross over. So change can happen in both arenas, but we need both to bring that foundation of uh that's going to help propel us and and move us forward in an orderly manner without backsliding. So souls do not become instantly wise, instantly um, uh, knowing everything the minute they cross over. There may be some, because there's no body, there can be some additional perception, but they are still the same soul that they were while they were in body. Okay. Misconception number three, which I've already discussed, is that heaven is our final destination. But as I've already said, and I kind of jumped ahead, so sorry about that, um, soul evolution is ongoing. And it is the common belief that when we die, we'll go to heaven and finally be at peace. This was the idea that the this gal that I spoke to had and her her mom was going who had died and finally she was going to be at peace and she would be living happily ever after but again the higher self have really dismantled the end game notion that it's where all souls end up and that's the ending point um it evolution takes us through the human kingdom but we continue to evolve into the fifth dimension then eventually the sixth, and then the seventh, and then the return to the originating source. The journey is immense, ongoing, and it never ends. Okay, misconception number four, and we've also touched on this, is heaven is a utopia and a better place to be than here on the earth plane. Um, This misconception was actually a little bit hard for me to put into the book. Uh, And it's equally hard to discuss it because, just like with this gal that I spoke to, there are many that do believe that heaven is beautiful in every way and that their loved one, who either is dying or has died, will be in a better place 
than they are in this earthly life. And this concept gives great solace. It gives great solace for people left behind. And, you know, if someone has suffered with a long illness or was living from a place of despair or some this terrible, terrible disability or pain, then death can be seen as hopeful and freeing for the individual. And so there can be a lot of solace with this concept. But the laying aside of the body, according to the higher self, can mean that the physical suffering is over. But even that you can take with you. (laughs) That's also discussed in the book. You can believe when you lay aside the body that you're still in that physical state. Um, I'm going to tell you a funny story in a second. But in any case, heaven is not the utopia that you think it's going to be. Now, if if a soul... Uh, what happens is that the soul basically finds, you know, if it hasn't evolved into a, a different level uh, or a, one of the higher frequencies, the soul may easily find exactly what it believes heaven will be. So if the soul believes heaven is a, a road paved with gold with a throne at the end with God sitting on the throne, that's what the soul is going to see. If it believes it's going to hell, it's going to see and feel hellfire and damnation. So it can literally be what the soul believes. Now, um, <clears throat> if the soul if the soul thinks it's a beautiful meadow with trees and flowers and 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 animals and and you know sheep frolicking through the meadow, that's what the soul is going to experience when it moves across and crosses the veil. Um, so our belief systems are very much at the root of what we manifest both in body and in heaven. Now, of course, there are many souls that aren't locked into any kind of belief system about heaven, and those souls would be more open to discovering the opportunities uh, presented in heaven, the, 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 the educators, the classes, the schools, etc. And they may seek out a bit sooner than others what the help they need to continue their journey. But every soul gets there at some point. It's And again, it's not a matter of comparing. It's just, you know, we're all in process. We're all in the journey. And it's not about who's doing it first, who's doing it middle, who's doing it last, who's doing it better, <laughs> who's screwing up. It's not about any of that. So we're all in this journey. And um, the... So, heaven is not a utopia. It is very much like it is down here. Aren't there places here that feel like a utopia? Beautiful spaces, beautiful natural spaces or whatever you, each person feels is beauty. We can find tremendous beauty, tremendous calm, tremendous peace here. We can also find tremendous strife and tremendous difficulties and tremendous pain. It's the same in heaven. And however, the one idea that may bring solace to someone who who hears this information and now is thinking, oh my gosh, what does it mean? Is that when the soul lays aside the body, it is taking its next step in its evolutionary journey. The current body may be gone, but the soul is forever, 
So it's only a temporary loss for those left behind. And as most of you know, I'm speaking to the choir here, the souls reconnect over and over and over and over again in their journey. So for this life, we can rejoice for the time, the learning, and the love that our loved one brought into our lives, and in turn, what we brought to their life. And this connection, this learning, this caring is never lost and because it's carried in the soul banks forever. So that hopefully can help replace the solace just with the belief that, you know, heaven is always this beautiful um, place, utopia kind of place. Um, anyway, that's my hope. Misconception number five, God is in charge in heaven. Now, God is not in charge, guys, in heaven or on any planet in the human kingdom universe, because guess what? And you've heard me say this before. Heaven is in the heaven, as well as the embodied state, is in the free will arena. So, just as the higher self, and as I've discussed often on the show, that we are the directing identity of our life's patterns. The same is true while we're in heaven. And I touched on this earlier that the soul has a choice of what it's going to pursue, what it's going to do. Nothing can happen to us unless in our souls we allow it to happen, and this is both in body and out. So there are no victims. We're not puppets, guys, of a male or female god. We're not puppets of the originating source. Often we stand there as our lives unfold with our etheric energies leading the way, with our belief systems leading the way, because our souls give consent to this non-action simply because they believe this is what should happen since it's God's will. Now, the this is a lead-in to my next chapter. My next chapter talks about the will. But in any case, um, we're the directing identity, whether we're in body or out of body. We're in the free will arena. It's the only dimension that has the free will. It's a very important dimension. And... We, there are rules and regulations that guide this free will arena, and that's one of them. God can't be in charge of us, cannot be determining what our lives are going to be because we're in the free will arena. If we want to amalgamate and call in the divine energy, we can ask for the help. That's an option. But it's not going to come in willy-nilly and do something for us or to us. We have to invite and give permission for that divine energy that we carry. And of all of originating source, we have to give permission for that. And you guys are really well aware of that. Now, one last thing, and then I'm going to get into the healing. Originating source is, of all there is, is an androgynous, vibration or an androgynous energy it's totally impersonal it doesn't have a gender and it doesn't make decisions now god is sometimes viewed as the agent that controls all that it can create but in fact in the human reality it doesn't do anything except for what we decide for ourselves okay so i want to and i'm I'm sort of repeating myself a bit, but what I want to do is I want to introduce this analogy of natural gas. I may have done it on the show before. I'm not sure. 
But natural gas is an energy. We all know what natural gas is. And it's neutral. But it's up to each of us to choose how we use it. We can use it to heat our homes or cook our food. Or we can choose to use it to kill ourselves or to burn a structure down. We're the directing identity. And it's the same thing with the energy of originating source. It's available to each and every one of us in every part of the universe because we carry that pure soul essence. We all have access. But at the free will level, it can't trespass and it doesn't control us. And each soul uses the energy how it wishes. We're the directing identity guide, each human soul. One significant difference between natural gas and the originating source, besides the obvious, is that, and I do want to just say that because I don't want to leave any misinterpretations out there, divine energies of the originating source cannot ever hurt or harm. So, you know, you can burn down structures with natural gas and you could kill yourself with natural gas, um, <clears throat> but, you, you know, you're not going to be doing that with the divine energies. It can't hurt or harm you or others. So that is a difference. But I wanted to explain the concept of originating source as explained by the higher selves to you guys in a way that you can understand that it is pervasive through the universe. It isn't a being that is sitting in, uh, in place somewhere, whether in heaven or anywhere else. It is part of all of us. We're all expressions of originating source in the same way, and I've given this analogy for sure on the radio, in the same way in our physical body, each cell carries the totality of our DNA, even though the cell is expressing as a skin cell or a brain cell or a blood cell. And each cell has the totality of the DNA within it, even though it is only, you know, it's, it's got the full double helix, even though it's only expressing as a skin cell. It's the same with all of us. We carry the totality of the originating source, even though we're expressing as a human or as a plant or as an animal or as a mineral. We all carry it, and we are all expressions of the originating source. It is a vast energy, and we're, we have to remember there's those four outer realities, and you really should get my book to learn more about those because they're pretty interesting. Um, so, okay, now uh, that's basically what I wanted to talk about today. And I hope you see that um, this is kind of the lead-in for today's healing because I, we've all led so many lives where we've had either violent or painful deaths or we've experienced loved ones who had violent or painful deaths or uh, upsetting deaths in some way. And... We all carry, even if we don't feel consciously fear of death now in, in our conscious mind, trust me, we felt it in the past. These eons of lifetimes that we've had, we've all carried fear of death, fear of dying, because the dying process can be miserable. I don't have to explain that to anyone. There's many, many examples of diseases or natural disasters or whatever that leave people in a state of dying for weeks and months um, that is painful or lonely or isolated or um, whatever. 
the so there's the death process, the dying process, and the loss process. So we carry fear of all of those. And part of the fear comes from the confusion and the misunderstandings we also carry about what happens after death. And that's why I wanted to talk about heaven. Now, even though I've given you some stuff about heaven and you're and even maybe everyone is going, Wow, that really makes sense and you know, I'm so glad to hear it. That makes that just pulls everything together and, and trust me, there's way more in heaven in my book, so you're gonna learn a lot more and there's even more in my next book. So it'll just keep unfolding for you guys. I, I haven't started my next book yet, but it's the Jane and Company and, and it that's also explained in a appendix in this current book. But in any case, we we've had many eons of lifetimes where there was no understanding about what came after the body. And you know there's belief systems all over the map about it. People who believe it's this life, this is it, this is all we have, bump, that's it. And there's people who believe in the eternal reincarnation. There's people that believe in everything in between. So whatever you feel consciously in this life is only a small piece of what you carry in the belief structure within. And a lot of it is fear of death because of the unknown quality of death in so many lives. The what's going to happen with death. So it's the fear of the unknown and also the fear of the death and dying process itself because there's so many harsh, so many cruel deaths, so many just just absolutely um, devastating death experiences and, and dying experiences that we've had. So for the holidays, I don't mean to be a downer here, we want to go in and we want to neutralize as many of these fears, as many of the the experiences and the traumas and the dramas that we've all gone through so that we lighten our load. Anytime we release and neutralize any kind of fear, it's going to help us. It's going to expand our perceptions of things. And maybe if you have a loved one that is in a process of dying or has just recently died or, you know, maybe because they're really old, you think they're going to die relatively soon, or maybe it's related to you yourself, let's go in and let's heal these, the, the, the beliefs, the misconceptions, the fears, and even if every single misconception that I have is incorrect, and next month I'm going to go, oh my gosh, the high, you know, the higher self, they're coming in and giving me completely different information. So what? It doesn't matter whether you believe it or whether this information is correct or not. Why? Because we're carrying all these conflicting beliefs all over the map that bring confusion and fear that are the foundation for how we view loss, loss from death, and death and dying itself for ourselves and for our loved ones. So let's go in, and whatever we're carrying, let's neutralize those things. And I don't know where this is going to go because, you know, I never know. But I think it's important, and it will allow in more joy, more hope, more possibilities more, um, less despair. I really feel that this can open up and bring a different 
feel to the holiday celebrations for all of us because in the holidays, these issues tend to get highlighted, just like for this gal. Hey, the first Christmas I've gone through without my mom. And so that grief and that intense sorrow is just coming straight to her heart. And so that's why I think this is a good one to do for the holidays. I know it's a little bit unconventional, (laughs) but it spoke to me. So I really, my mother died three years ago, but I remember the first Christmas. And I remember having very similar thoughts. I wasn't in such despair as this gal, and you're going to learn about that too in my book because I have a whole part on me and my mom. By the time she died, a lot had changed and a lot of awareness had come in. And so I didn't have that, but I remembered noticing, oh, this is my first Christmas when my mom isn't here. So I can so relate to what she's saying, and I've certainly felt in the past with people um, I felt the loss, I felt the change, I felt the sorrow and the grief. So, okay. I hope you guys um, will go with it for, with me. Okay. I have to drink a little bit of water and go ahead and make yourself comfortable. Start to quiet your mind. Take a few deep breaths. Oh. Okay. I have to, okay, i got to do the same for myself. All right. <sighs> well, the higher self are already here. They're already on hand. They've already set up the now moment. So we must have a lot of people listening, past, present, and future, that are um, very tuned in and already set up that focus of attention that is so important The now moment is already set up. I do see the wheel, and there are many, many people on the wheel. Um, And I do see the outer rim now coming into view. So the outer rim is, uh, I see the inner rim as more people who are the listeners, past, present, and future, and any of their loved ones or anyone that's come in uh, in the past healings uh, that we specifically called in. Excuse me. That kind of thing. <clears throat> anyway, so in the outer rim, I do see many, many more. I, you know, I can't judge numbers, but I do see the outer rim is in play today. I don't know. I don't remember seeing it last week, but it does seem to come in more often. And so this is going to be a massive healing, even though we're doing kind of a conglomerate healing for everyone. Uh, so the... Um, um, Okay, so I'm seeing we're going to focus on the forever now moment coming into place, and that is moved into place really fast, and it's almost engulfing the entire universe. I mean, I don't really know that it's engulfing the entire universe, but I see it so huge, I can't really keep it in my mind's eye, but it is so huge because there's so many people here, which means, and their souls in and out of body, and it means that... Okay, it means that to encompass the totality of the past, present, and future nows for each and every soul that we're talking about an incredibly enormous time-space continuum. So it's going through the universe way more than just the Milky Way. It's through the universe. It's really 
huge, which is fine, which is perfectly fine. We want to encompass, we want to work at the highest level we can, so we want to bring in that forever now moment, which allows access to some very deeper, deeper levels of healing. And I'm calling in now the totality of the conglomerate higher selves. I just need their guidance here, so I want to call them in first. And also, I want everyone to focus on that divine sunlight within, uh, that symbolic sun that I talk about every week. It is our pure soul, soul essence. It carries the totality of all that originating source was, is, and is becoming. And, of course, it is our purest, most perfect, and most potent point of power. And it is exactly what places every single soul on an equal level. There is no soul more important or more special than any other soul from the lowliest grain of sand to the highest, most evolved being. Okay. I like to also have us be brought into the amalgamated state with the originating source itself. And as I've said, it brings us into that womb energy, W-O-M-B, that carries the creative life force. And this creative life force is what gave birth to the universe. And it carries that incredible desire, but it's not the kind of desire, human desire, but the innate uh push to create, to express, to grow, to become, to give birth to. And it is this energy that is going to help us all in the empowerment part of the process for the healing. It's going to move in and help us give birth to ourselves at the higher frequency levels, the higher concept levels, the higher, the, the more balanced levels, the, the healthier levels, uh, whether it be psychological, physical, or emotional, it's going to help give birth to us at the higher levels as much as we can We can each move forward. So it's, it's done, it's provided to each soul, and each soul will utilize it in the very best way and the highest ideal for that soul. Okay, so I'm going to activate the Rainbow Bridge energy, and okay, I saw a completely different picture this time. Not completely different, but I saw actually like a tent being formed. It was as if the the connection between all of the chakras of the all of the souls around the rim of the wheel and the outer reality is as if I could see the connection moving to a point at the top, like the top of a tent. So to me, this connotes that we're all joined in one accord. There is a joining here at the pure soul essence level. It's very beautiful. And, of course, it's the rainbow bridge, but it's all coming together. And the that's at the top, but now the rainbow bridge is being created, and it's moving down the spokes and creating the hub. And it's from the hub that I am going to be doing the healing. And, um, okay. What I'm seeing on the hub immediately is three symbols. One is dead, the symbol of death. One is dying, and one is in absolute misery and sorrow and grief from loss. Okay. I was wondering how they were going to handle this, but this this makes sense to me. So we can we can approach each one of these 
in a in you know it helped me focus. I don't have um, it's easier to focus on one thing at a time than to do all three at once. So what what I'm going to do is I'm going to start with the the death, okay? Um, and already I'm beginning to see the the symbol of death beginning to release the uh, the death experience. I didn't even have to say anything, but it's beginning to release into the light. I, I it feels to me that none of us want to hold on to that all the difficult deaths that we've had, who the heck wants it? So there's this desire to let go of that miserable experience. It, it creates at the soul level, believe it or not, a kind of PTSD, uh, this kind of uh, severe, difficult dying, because for the most part, we didn't have these gentle, you know, dying in our sleep or uh, having a relatively quick death with our, but we have our loved ones surrounding us. That, that's more rare than you might think. Most of the time, it was, you know, starvation, disease, war, uh, natural disaster, um, some sort of, you know, something, uh, something pretty miserable. So I'm watching, and already the death of, from a traumatic experience, I see betrayal, uh, I see murder here. Uh, ugh, these are horrible things, guys, and I'm sorry for that, given it's, it's Christmas. But, hey, let's release this stuff. Uh, Christmas and Hanukkah and every other holiday, whoever celebrates now. But I want to, I want to, I want everyone to release all the death and dying experiences. All, I mean, not the dying, death, dying, okay, the death experience where we've died. Um, <clears throat> there's betrayal here. There's uh, tremendous pain. There's shock. I'm seeing tremendous shock because a lot of these deaths are unexpected. They come out of left field. You know, you're fighting on the battlefield and someone comes up behind you and chops off your head. I mean, I'm sorry to be so graphic, but that's the kind of thing. It's it's death by the unexpected. The, you know, the volcano erupts and out of the blue and you never experienced that. Nobody in the village has had. It's been dormant for hundreds of years. And, you know, there it was a shock. So it's it's the shock. And I want everyone to release the shock. The shock and the horror, and I'll tell you what else. There's a whole bunch of belief systems that have been taken on during the death. If, for example, you get killed by, I don't know, uh, you're in a cave and you you fall into a cavern, or you're 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 on a in in winter and you fall into a crevasse on a on a unexpected in a um, some sort of ice, um, I don't know, ice flow of some sort. You're somewhere and suddenly, unexpectedly, you fall in. Or maybe you're out somewhere and lightning strikes. Or maybe you get uh, attacked by uh, a wild dog. Or maybe you get eaten by a lion. I mean, whatever it is. That kind of unexpected thing often will make, will take on a belief system when we, as we're crossing over, oh, I'm never going to do that again. And that's the kind of belief system that I want everyone to release. I don't know what it is for each each individual out there. I've run into quite a few as I've been doing this work. Uh, I had one of my own. I was killed um, with an arrow to the back by someone that I thought loved me. 
And that at that moment of betrayal, when he shot me with an arrow, I died. I took on the belief right off the bat never to trust intimate love. The second belief I took on, because I happened to be a, a, some little minor queen in, in that life, uh, and he was after my um, my wealth and my power, was never to have wealth and power again because it makes me a target. So that's the kind of belief that I'm talking about. And the violent death, the unexpected death, the shock, it brings with it this kind of belief. You're not going to know what it is unless you know your past lives, but you don't have to know. And I'm seeing the dying person symbolically, the dead person symbolically letting go of the belief systems. And I want you just to allow all of that to flow out, and I'm seeing a really good flow. The belief systems we take on when we die, if we're killed by uh, a lion, maybe we, we never want to be in nature again. Maybe the belief is, oh, nature is dangerous, and we, we stay away. Maybe we take on, you never know, we can pick up phobias that way. We can pick up all sorts of, you know, fears of water. Maybe we a boat turns over, or a whale comes, and and knocks our boat out of the water and we drown and we might literally come into other lives with a complete fear of water. So a lot of these things come in at the death experience. So we want all of that to go and I'm seeing a tremendous amount of release. Aha, uh -huh. okay. Well, the interesting thing is that the dead person is now sitting up. So it's still a symbolic dead person, but the sitting up is telling me that somehow there is a freeing up because so much is being released. And that that's good news, guys, that this symbol is actually changing. And, of course, the dead body will never come back to life, but it isn't going to be. The, we don't only have one dead body. We've had many, many hundreds, if not hundreds of thousands, if not millions. I don't know how many dead bodies we've each had, but it is so many. So what we're doing is, Somehow it's changing. It's interesting. Somehow it is changing the nature of the dead body itself. Okay, okay. What's going on here, higher self? Explain this to me. Okay. Well, this is a little bit far-reaching, a little bit seemingly out of the, out of the, uh, what I would have expected, or out of the box is what I'm trying to say. It's as if there's going to be a new perception of dead bodies of the body itself, that it's going to help open up our perception of the importance of the body. As we release the ideas and the concepts and the experiences and the events, the traumas of death that we've experienced, we're going to actually open our eyes to the body in a higher level of understanding. Uh, the body, guys, is as important as the soul, and I don't know that I've talked about it. Um, actually, that's probably going to be in my fourth book. But in any case, the this is going to open up for this this concept to truly move into a higher frequency level or a higher um, understanding that we won't see the body so much as just something that can be cast aside and it's unimportant. That the body actually is made up of particles, 
mineral, plant, and animal particles that, that, that make up the physical body. And each one of those particles, you, you know, as I've told you, carry the pure soul essence. Each one is very important. Each one is gone, going through its own massive journey. And the body itself, when we graduate to the fifth dimensional framework, we actually take the body with us. And we have to get to the point of expanding the concept and viewpoint about the body to and shift it so that we don't see it as something we just lay aside and that it is not that it doesn't carry value. Now many and much of the world now really pays attention to health, physical health. So we're definitely moving in the right direction, but this is going to help expand it even more. I'm not sure exactly where it's going to take us, but it feels really good. So now I'm actually seeing the dead symbol standing up, taking its rightful place as a physical body, taking its right, rightful place as an equal with the soul. I, I, it's very strange here, I guess, but it is very powerful. And I'm, it's still releasing a whole bunch. So I don't want to... Um, I don't want to, you know, I, I'll come back to this dead symbol. And now I'm going to the di dying symbol. Now, the dying symbol is pretty miserable. We're talking pain and suffering to the nth degree. Because if we had a gentle death, my father died. He never took anything more than an aspirin. Or, I mean, it was a Tylenol, I think, once a day. He, he really had a very gentle death. But we've had so many painful death that, that incorporate a tremendous amount of suffering. And it's not just physical suffering, but a lot of the suffering, and I want everyone to re be releasing these things as I say it, and I do see releases going on, a lot of it in the dying process is that we're dependent on other people. There is something very difficult here for that dependence. We see ourselves, we feel more comfortable when we can get around. We don't like to lose our independence. So some of the suffering is actually related to that. Um, so we, we definitely have the physical suffering. We have the emotional suffering. We have the psychological suffering. And then we have the suffering because our life is no longer, we, we aren't calling the shots. There are other people that are responsible for us when we're in this dying place. Other people are serving us food, changing us, bathing us, uh, that sort of thing. And or even if we aren't that far along, you know, at some point we can't drive anymore. We can't see enough. Maybe we can't even read anymore. I mean, you know, there's so many stages of the dying stage. And during the dying stage, there are also many belief systems that are taken on. And I want those belief systems to start to to be released, and they are being released. This dying person, first of all, a lot of suffering is being released. Despair, agony, the desire to die with dignity is here. Um, it is the result of, of the dying experience being absolutely so painful. And what I want to do is I want everybody to release whatever the belief systems are about that kind of thing. Uh, Suicide, all of that is here. Despair, everything is here. Now, remember it's not an either-or thing. So if you release the thoughts of suicide or thoughts of having your death, um, you know, choosing the time of your death and having go to, going to a state that, that allows 
that kind of thing, going to a place that allows someone to help you die. Uh, we want to release all of this stuff, not because it, you, you won't have the choice anymore, but because you want to actually have choice. You don't want something to be um, a decision that's made from an emotional blueprint because you may have committed suicide in several other lives. And so you're carrying a heavy, you know, blueprint about the ways to uh, leave the suffering. And what we would prefer to do is release the blueprint, the choice to commit suicide, so that we aren't doing something on automatic pilot and we actually can look and make an objective choice and decision for ourselves. Also, with that choice comes the despair and the belief that the suffering will continue forever, that we'll never get past it. So I want that belief to be to to go also, that there's no relief in sight, there's no hope. That hopelessness, the helplessness, the powerlessness, this dying process carries all of that over and over and over again. It's no wonder that a lot of us say, oh, I wish we'd die in our sleep or die really quickly because we know at some inner level what the dying process can be. We've seen it. We've heard of it. We see it in books. We, I mean, we've read it in books. We see it on TV. The dying process can be miserable. So I want all of us to release all of those traumas from the dying itself, times of starvation, times of great pain and suffering times of dependency, times of isolation. I mean, think about, you know, you're in some sort of uh, plague and sudden, and not suddenly, but there's no one around to care for you. And you're alone. Everybody's either died or left because they don't want to catch whatever it is. And so you're alone and you go through the dying process alone. So there's isolation here too. There is just a tremendous amount of difficulty here with dying. And because we carry all this personal experience with the death and dying ourselves, we would view the death and dying for someone else in the same way. So we want to, we want to, uh, it creates blinders for us. So we want to release the blinders. That's, it's very, helpful to release it for ourselves and then we're not going to automatically see something else for someone else in that same way. I, I'm sure you understand what I mean. So we want to release all of this stuff that we're experiencing ourselves so that we can begin to clear the clouded vision that we have about death and dying for ourselves and everyone else. Again, it doesn't mean you're going to jump over hoops and be excited because someone died or that you, you know that you're dying it's not about that it's never about the either or we tend to polarize so much in the human kingdom uh see things as polar opposites but in fact it's a freeing up so that we can see more clearly and we may see it exactly in the same way but at least it's our choice to see it that way and it's not because we've picked up you know these very uh distorted discolored lenses and we have no choice but to see it that way. We want to be able to put the lenses down symbolically and see it for what it is each time. And each time we could see it differently because we don't have those lenses on. So we want to release all of those misunderstandings and all of those misconceptions. 
misinterpretations, all the emotional issues, the blueprints. And I see a lot of helplessness and hopelessness and powerlessness here. It's just pouring out of the abdomen. Okay. I'm just going to jump back quickly to the dead body. It is still standing and still releasing. And what I'm seeing now is it's really, I see a lot of pull coming from the past nows and the future nows. So the, 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 it is really pulling from so many deep experiences that we all carry at that unconscious level, that you know soul level, pre the mind of this life. So it's just pulling in a tremendous amount and it's just, just tons of it coming out like um, smoke out of the top of a volcano. Just really, really, really thick, and it's really great. And and I'm seeing a lot of the releases, too, for the dying. Now, I'm going to keep that in process, and I'm going to move over to the fear of loss. Now, this is immediately beginning to release all the misconceptions about death and dying and about heaven and about what happens. And whatever the, and all the belief systems, I see that the, a lot of the fears are coming out now, a lot of the misconceptions, a lot of the confusion. Because remember, we've been told over many different societies, many different spiritual environments, we've been told many different types of things about death and dying and heaven and where we go and what happens and, and all of that. So we carry tremendous amount of confusion um, and conflict. And there's a lot of despair there because it just seems so unclean, uh, unclear. And I see just this very thick screen of confusion. And it's, it's, it's as if there's no light, no light of understanding. So I want everyone to release the confusion and the despair and the the state of being unaware is what I would call it. The state of being unaware, being kept in the dark. I want everybody to release the whole idea of being kept in the dark. Now, in fact, it usually was not done on purpose. There's often real positive intent to describe the afterlife or to describe the what happens with death, um, and where we go, there's good intent often uh, to explain it as best as possible. And people carry this great um, intent and try to uh, help others with their viewpoint and with their vision, just as I've ch shared the higher self information with you. So it isn't about receiving, you know, being the victim of, of mean, you know, cruel people. It was what was the concept in that day, in that time, in that society, in that culture. And you grow up with it from the time, you know, you're born. And so you take it on like osmosis. And so there is this darkness of not knowing, the darkness of not bad or evil, but just being unaware and so I want to, and this one is not, this feels more solid to me. So it's not just pouring out, releasing. We need to really send some very intense light here because it's almost like a steel plate in front of the 
the uh, symbol. It's a you know it's a symbolic steel plate, but it's thick and it's dark and it carries uh, all the misconceptions, the conflicts, the unknowingness, the frustration, the despair. Because a lot of times I feel that people uh, are also carrying they 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 have the intention to do what is needed and necessary to be spiritual, to be good, to lead a, a good life, or to guarantee they get into heaven or whatever the belief system is. And but they're frustrated. There's a lot of frustration here. I want I, I really want a whole bunch of light um to just start to maybe you know those uh, symbolic little jackhammers of light that just tackle this entire steel plated kind of wall that we're looking through because it carries this frustration too. There's real anger and rage because when you don't understand something, if it doesn't make sense to you, you don't know where to go. You don't know how to, you don't know how to behave. You don't know, you know, there's, it's not, um, it's no mistake that a lot of what the spiritual environment is about is how to behave what to do, what to believe, you know, uh, because we all or many have the intent to be the best people we can be, to do the right thing. And so the response is that the those spiritual authorities are really presenting as best they can the right thing. But a lot of the information can be conflict, conflicting, even within one spiritual environment, it can be conflicting. But when you consider all the other belief systems we carry at the soul level from all of these different lives, we have this massive conflict, and it is frustrating. Now, I'm seeing those lights, those jackhammer lights. It's, it's beginning to make a shift, finally. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And I see it sort of getting thinner. This, this steel wall is getting thinner. And I don't know what each and every person carries is the belief, but there's a lot of darkness here, the darkness of the unknown, not darkness of evil or bad, darkness of unknown, and it's just everybody wants the light. Everyone wants the vision. Everyone wants the understanding that makes sense. And so I want everyone to release the frustration of not having it, the misunderstandings, the misconceptions, the conflicts, the anger, the the uh, confusion. And it's just really changing. It's really, really changing. It's it's going from very dark to sort of the gray. And there's the the jackhammers are working both sides of it. So I see areas that are very getting really thin. There's no real breakthrough, but you can see the light. It's as if it's now a, an opaque window, so you can see the light through the window, even though there's no hole yet. So that's what I'm seeing. It's really moving in that direction. Okay. I'm going to go back now again to the dead body while that's in process. I'm just leaving it there. The higher selves are going to keep keep it moving forward there. Now, uh, okay, so we're going back to the dead body, and it is, I have to say, there's a sense of pride here. Um Obviously, it's a symbol, and obviously, it's not really pride, but it's, it feels as if it's being respected and cared for for the first time and not discounted or overlooked. So let's 
release those feelings because there we all carry at some level these ideas the physical body is just uh ephemeral almost even though it's physical because at any point in time we could be killed in a war or killed by disease or betrayed by someone and we feel the physical body is so unreliable undependable we you know we're going to break a bone we're going to you know without the the medical um community and the in the alternative communities that we have now for so many of our lifetimes were not there uh or even if they were there often they weren't accessible um so so the point is there's been this long history where the body wasn't that important it just seemed too fragile too uh ephemeral too it could betray us in so many different ways and so a lot of that is being released now on that dead body and as a result i'm seeing the body actually standing there feeling good about itself feeling like it's being seen and noticed and cared about for the first time and now, of course we know many people out there now are very um caring about the food they eat and and to exercise and and you know taking care to stay as healthy as possible but we're talking about a symbol that's relating to the soul level so at the majority of time that wasn't the case so whether you realize that or or um you can't relate to what i'm saying in this life that's okay because that means you really are paying attention to the body but in general this symbol is showing me that now we've cleared enough or we've cleared so much from the soul level viewpoints and all of the body stuff that we cleared that the this dead body is now feels it, it doesn't feel so dead anymore I have to say it's not like a body is going to come back to life because that's not the way it works but at the soul level the concept of the body has taken a major shift and i'm really thrilled i would never been able to call it and but i'm i i'm i love that i couldn't have called it because i can't make this stuff up <laughs> i can't so it feels so real to me and i'm really excited so it's still releasing some stuff but i see it becoming very lighted and very uh, empowered okay now the dying this one is having a little bit more of a hard problem a harder time i would say uh, i do see a tremendous amount of releasing going on and maybe it's just cuz it's less time but and it is um it it has come out of that sort of suffering stance uh that suffering position i saw it sort of curled up and suffering and pain and it has more or less moved out of that but not fully out of it it's only just sort of shifting taking on a a um the possibility in a way that it doesn't have to carry all that dying suffering. Okay, so I want us to work on this one a little bit more. Um just check the time. Yeah, we have time. Okay, so we want to work on this one a little bit more. The there is um a there are belief systems here that are self-sabotaging and self Well, I would say self-sabotaging. 
And the belief systems are very, very um, understandable because for so many eons of time, we were not in a position in so many of these kinds of lives that I've described over and over again, where there was no hope. Once you got sick, that was it. You know, you got shot by an arrow. If it went in anywhere in the stomach, you were going to die. You you were going to have the sepsis or whatever they call it when you get the infection. And so there was no hope. And we've lived so many of those lives where we have had no hope with the physical body having a problem, that what I'm really feeling here is this hopelessness and all the belief systems that were came into place, because not only did we experience it, we saw it with everyone else, our, co- our comrades in arms, other people who had the disease, other people who were part of the natural disaster, other people who were starving just like we were. We're watch, not only experiencing it ourselves, but we're watching it with others over and over again. There was no hope, but we're not in that kind of place now. There's not only hope that we will live, but there's hope that we will live even if we come out of it disabled in some way. There's, there is so much uh, of a full life available to people, certainly in some arenas, no, but and also we we see it where we are now in the um in the more developed parts of the world we see the hope you know where you can get artificial legs or you know your kidneys can fail and you can get get a transplant or you can get dialysis i mean there's so much hope here that you can lead a good life and so i want everyone to really work some more on hopelessness because and all the belief systems around that there's a bunch of stuff here about fate and doom. So let's release fate and doom. It's like, well, once you have this in the physical body, no way. You're dying and that's it, you know? Uh, so there's there's all of this fate or doom. Um, and it leads people to give up too soon. leads people to... Um, to make decisions, to see things with blinders, so they, they don't see the hope, they don't see the possibilities or the opportunities, they don't see how life can, uh, it may not be what you were expecting, but it turns out it could be even better. Uh, we've seen example of this after an example on YouTube and the Internet everywhere, in books and t- TV and movies. There is so much hope here. And so what we want to do is we want to release the lenses that say life is going to be horrible with this change. And that is that whole doom thing, and it can lead to the suicide. It can lead to the giving up. And I'm not saying that you can't decide at some point, this is it and I want to have a you know, death with dignity kind of um, scenario or something. It's not an either or, so please don't go there. But I want us to release the belief systems that lock us in, the, the that create the blinders, and that's the, the discoloration that we're always going to see. We don't want that discoloration. We want to be able to see something with fresh eyes. For each situation, each condition will be unique. It's not going to be the same as the 10,000 ones we've had before. So we want to release all of that. We want to release that emotional baggage, see that hopelessness. And I see it actually coming out through the eyes and through the heart center. I'm seeing a lot of this and out through the top of the head, 
the belief systems, the misunderstandings, the misconceptions, the discoloration, the distortion. It's really releasing the distortion of how we look at things that maybe we're not even going to die from now, but we did in past lives. We're not going to die anymore. But we carry the experience of the death. So that the dying process leads to death, and we carry all of that. So we want to release, we really want to release all of that. So I'm seeing it just shooting out. You guys are doing a great job. I do want to just take a look around the circle. I see a tremendous amount of involvement in this healing, and I really appreciate it. A lot is being released. You guys are really great. And I want to just check the outer circle. The outer circle feels fairly lost still. Um, that's what keeps coming to me when I, in general, about the outer circle. And I think it's because they're not hearing any of this in general, I mean, consciously. For the most part, the outer circle are souls that have come in to get the help, um, but they aren't hearing it consciously. So on some level, they still feel a bit lost. And I would like the higher self to help me bring in clarity of vision and um, expanded perception divine understanding and divine um, divine release of some of this lost feeling. Just they feel really lost to me. Um, they just don't understand. They A lot of these people are in places around the globe where there is some either a lack of spiritual leadership or the kind of spiritual le- leadership that doesn't feel right, um, for for whatever la- for whatever reason that doesn't feel um, doesn't feel good and they can't relate to it but they don't have anything else to go by so there's a tremendous amount of tremendous amount of, of confusion here and this lost feeling and so I'm actually going to call that out and I want it to for all of us we've all been there so let's call it out for all of these three scenarios uh, but I really want to focus on it and it. It, what what this does, even though it, they won't be bringing it into themselves consciously because they don't have access to this program or they don't know about it, in fact, by releasing the feeling of being lost, it opens up the possibilities in the outer reality of other information coming in from sources that they hadn't had before or other ideas, other concepts. Um, it actually will help. So we want to release that lost feeling that feeling of confusion to bring in the light, to allow the light to come in, allow the light of understanding to move in from whatever source that it's going to come from. It might come from within and they have, you know, their own internal insights or it may come that they read or hear about something or um, experience something that completely shifts and they have those uh, one of those aha moments. Whatever it is, by neutralizing and having them release that lost feeling, and there's hopelessness here too, it's going to help this outer rim as well uh, as what we've already done. Okay, I want to check one more time on the, the loss pattern. And this one is feeling actually quite healthy to me. Um, I feel it just stood up to show me that it is symbolically uh, much stronger. 
the loss is not as devastating or as undoing. It isn't putting somebody in a place where they can't function. They're just so in such despair. They're so distraught. Some of that is leaving. Um, the there is a more uh, a stronger acceptance of the um, the evolutionary process and some inner knowingness that there's more um that that it isn't there's no final 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 um i i don't i can't explain it exactly but it just seems much more accepting much more understanding and the loss isn't having that heavy hit because a lot of the despair a lot of the um belief systems behind it a lot of the fears have been released and have cleaned the slate, so to speak, released a lot of that old baggage that plays so heavily on us. And I'm now going back to the dying one, and the dying one is now standing up, has just stood up, and beginning to, it's sort of joining the other two, and they, there's there's some equality here. They're, they All of them have really been releasing and letting go of a lot of stuff. So it's symbolic of all of us because it's a conglomerate symbol. And there's a lot more sense of breathing it's and a sense of shedding a lot of weight. I'm, I'm feeling a lot of weight's been shed. That middle one also has been working to release a victim pattern. There's been a lot of, you know, where we felt we were victims. Now, we probably had it in all three and especially the dead one, because, but I, I, I am picking it up here. Any kind of victim pattern we always want to release, because as I said earlier, we're not victims. We are the directing identities of our own evolutionary process, and we're not anybody's puppet. So there's help out there, but we make the decision whether to use the help or not, whether we're in body or not. Okay. So I'm seeing them symbolically hold hands. I don't know why, but it just means to me that there's there's a there's more connection, more understanding, more enlightenment, and uh, it's it's almost as if we're all holding hands. We're all in this together. Uh, we're all moving forward. I want to actively put in uh, divine joy divine uh, love, divine forgiveness. And I want to send it to each and every one of you around the circle. We want to activate all of us to activate it for ourselves and for each, everybody in the the back rim. The back rim still has more to do. Um, if I didn't say it before, and I think I have, when you have things in consciousness, it's tremendous power doesn't mean it can't help people who are unconscious but with consciousness and that's why sometimes i see the higher selves here but i go on and i say we're amalgamating with the higher selves because i want to have it in consciousness it carries a tremendous amount of conscious weight when we have these things in consciousness and the back rim because just the nature of the the way the who the back who is on the back rim these people do not carry uh the conscious uh, exposure and so it 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 doesn't seem to be as 
the healing is is good, and they've definitely gone through a sense of healing. But the the one on the those of you on the inner rim is is more substantial. The healing is getting to deeper layers, because there's conscious intent, conscious movement, conscious permission, conscious, 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 and so it is those in the center. Uh, I mean, in the in, in the inner uh, rim or inner wagon wheel rim, um, definitely big movement forward. But I definitely see movement for the outer the outer rim. It's not like they aren't, but it's it's as if they've gone from a sort of almost a black kind of image to a a, a gray, and it's more in the dark gray to medium gray. Of course, it's just a symbol. But um, whereas the people around the rim, I see a lot more light uh, standing on the rim in a lighted way. And so this is, it's good news for all of you guys, maybe encouraging you to tune in and listen to the radio show more often, uh, or maybe listen to it often, which is great, but I think it helps to have this stuff in consciousness. And I'm really beginning to see it visually in the symbol and understanding it, although the higher self has told us that from day one. Um, but you know, sometimes when you see the picture, it really brings it home. And I'm seeing this picture so clearly. Uh, but I'm glad we're helping. We want to help even at the unconscious level because every step, every step that we do, every bit that they release, every bit that anybody neutralizes is permanent, can't come back to haunt them, and will shift their life. It doesn't have to be conscious. Trust me, I've worked on not only my own daughter, but other people at the unconscious level, and the shifts have been amazing. So, um it doesn't have to be conscious, but it does accelerate it, and it goes a bit deeper, and um, it's, it's in a way more efficient. So anyway, so I do see the divine joy and the divine love and the divine forgiveness going everywhere. The higher selves are moving in, and they're putting the cocoon of energy around everyone, including everybody in the back, the back or the outer rim, I should say, and the... Um, the forever now moment is closing down. And with that, the healing is over. So, okay, guys. I hope it all made sense. If you have anything to say, please send me an email, Janet at HigherSelfVoice.com or Janet at JanetRichmond.com. You can... Whatever. I'm not going to try to convince anybody that what I'm saying is true. What I, if you read the whole section on heaven as part of and and the book as well, of course, the you're going to understand sort of a fuller picture. I gave you one chapter. I think the book has 30 chapters or something. So there is a lot more pieces. I just gave you a brief overview and. But even that, it might give you some aha moments, or maybe not. Maybe you're going to be upset. You can you can email me anything, but I'm not going to try to to convince anybody. And it isn't about proof. It's not about right and wrong. It's about presenting information, presenting a concept. You decide whether it works for you or not. Uh, for me. The higher self-information, I have a tremendous respect for it because it's logical, it's practical, it explains things, it's not vague, and 
it's opened up my world, my perceptions. But it doesn't mean it's going to do that for everyone else. I hope it does. I hope it helps. It helped me. It's helped many that I know of. And, you know, it's my it's why I do what I do. So, in any case, I do want to say that next week I will be on the radio. The following week, however, I will not. I am going away to see my daughter, and so I leave uh, next Thursday, but I don't come back until Wednesday, and it's at night. So, next week I will be here. The following week will be I'm not sure if it's going to be dark or whether I'm going to be having the time to do a pre-tape show. I don't know. I'm going to figure that out, but I just want you to know at least it's not going to be live. I will not be present. If you want a healing, email me, guys. Healing requests are open. I really wish you the best of the holidays. I hope that you move into the celebrations and the activities with a sense a, a greater sense of joy and less dread, less worry, less upset, less grief, less sorrow, less less of anything that would take away from the holiday experience. Um, that's my hope. I saw a tremendous amount of good stuff going on, lots of light, lots of joy, and and love going in. Um, so we 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 hope that this, this holiday will be. Uh, an uptake ticker, maybe 10 or 20 <laughs> um, more for you um, in the holidays. Anyway, it's interesting because somebody just dialed in. I, Of course, I didn't, I had my eyes closed a lot of times, so I didn't see, I didn't see this person on before. Did you want to talk? I don't know if it's Diana Are you there? It's the phone number ending in 7268. Hello. Anyway, welcome to the show. You've tuned in just right at the end, which is um, too bad. But you can always listen to the archive show, or maybe you were listening somewhere else. I'm thinking if you hit the one, it gives me a question mark, and then I can put you on. I can put you on mic. So maybe you don't didn't remember that part or didn't hear that part. If you hit the one on your phone, this is for phone person calling in seven two six eight. You can ask a question or make give a comment or whatever you want. Okay, seven two six eight doesn't seem to be hearing me or responding, and that's fine, no problemo. Just again, I wish you all the best for the holidays. I love each and every one of you. I love and appreciate this opportunity to share with you. Please don't forget. Soul Psychology, Our Journey Through the Human Kingdom Heavens. It is available on Amazon, and it's in print. It's in a ebook format and Kindle. So I encourage you to take a look. There's more, more in there than you can imagine. You'll learn a lot, and it'll expand a lot on what I talked about today and what I've talked about over the, the months and the years on the show. So I wish you all the best, and that's it. Okay, until next week, have a wonderful week. Don't get too frazzled by the holiday stuff, and uh, I'll be talking to you next week. Okay. 
Thank you for listening to Janet Richmond and the Higher Self Voice. Visit Janet's website at JanetRichmond.com to view all of her upcoming events or to buy her book, Choices, Neutralizing Your Negative Thoughts and Emotional Blueprints.